0: We'll Welcome to episode two of the Pendulum Podcast. The Pendulum Podcast is an open exchange of information and ideas intended for professionals in the right-of-way industry. The podcast is for anyone interested in the infrastructure that supports our standard of living. This includes everything from roads to rails to trails to power to pipelines and parks, libraries, public places, all the amenities that we enjoy. You may also be interested in our discussions if you have been affected or displaced by those types of projects whether through relocation or eminent domain, or if you simply appreciate the amenities of the modern world. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pendulum Land Services, LLC. That's a full-service right-of-way acquisition firm managed by industry experts who are dedicated to the integrity of the right-of-way process. Visit them at www.pendulumland.com. With us today is our regular crew. Say hello, Kristen Bennett from the great state of Texas. What up? What up? Ross Green, an eminent domain attorney from Virginia.
1: I'm not going to say what up.
0: Okay, what up back. And I'm Dave Arnold, your host and occasional referee of Spirited Discussions. Let's get to it. Episode two, right of way, the hidden industry. What do you think? Hidden. It's very hidden. Like, as in, what do you do? What do you do for a living? In the last episode, we talked about eminent domain, good versus evil. And we debated for a good period of time whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. And in that episode, I talked a little bit about the opening statement of every eminent domain trial that we have. I tell the same story, which is, when you see a road project coming through the government or the Department of Transportation doesn't just show up with bulldozers and steamrollers and start building. There's an entire process that happens long before that. And those projects, whether it's a pipeline, whether it's a power line, whether it's a road, guess what, they all run through somebody's property. And so, even though John Q Public, the first thing he sees is the construction vehicles, chances are this project's been in the work for many, many years. And everything from the very first concept through construction is handled by a different part of this right of way industry. It's a conglomeration of many, many different professionals who have individual and unique subspecialties which they bring to the table. And when you put it all together, You have a project, a right-of-way project. Now public service projects can include public roads, railroads, uh, electrical power lines, pipelines, water lines, sewer, airports, all the things we discussed about last time. Uh, Even libraries and public meeting spaces. But what is really amazing is that for each one of these projects, the number of professionals who were involved that you never saw. And that's what we call the right-of-way industry, which is the hidden industry. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is all the things you don't see when you see one of these projects come through.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually by the time the right-of-way agent shows up at your door, the project's been going on for a long time, and people just don't know about it. Because you don't get a road project out of nowhere. You've got to have a public need uh, for the project. You've got to have a public necessity. So that some there's some reason for the project and then you have to check out how you do it. So you start out with uh, basically placing and scoping and looking at where it can go, how you can do it. Engineers are involved at the front end. The surveyors are involved at the front end and they determine where they're going to put the project. Now, engineering realities don't always line up with what the general populace might think of as the best way to go about doing something. So you know, where a road gets put, once it's in your backyard, you're like, why has this got to go right here? Why can't it go over there? And there are usually reasons why it can't. I mean, there's wetlands and endangered species and location of other projects, location of different infrastructure things that you don't want to cross. So it didn't get put there out of nowhere. There's not a road project. Coming through a certain location because somebody snapped their fingers and said, "I want a road to be there." I mean, these things take years and years, decades, often to you know come to fruition. So you start out with engineers. Well, start out with politicians, and then it moves on to bureaucrats. Then it moves on to engineers, surveyors. Uh, once that's all largely been done, I mean, you have public hearings. People, are, you do have a chance to find out about this. It's just. People don't go. I mean, when you look in uh, what is it, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? It actually starts with Eminent Domain because the Vogon Constructor Fleet decides to construct an inner, like, stellar hyperspace bypass. Through Nerd the alert! What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever.
0: I, 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 if I, you I, haven't
1: read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, like
0: I've read I, it, I actually own you it. suck. Okay, I see, I read Hypocrites.
1: It. Too many pages. <laughs> too many pages. Not enough pictures. Whatever. It's funny <laughs> as hell.
2: And it has to do with our industry, apparently. Yes, which it I actually really has about. eminent
1: domain right in the front of it because he decides he's going to lay down in front of the bulldozer that's about to go through his house. And they're that's like, well, didn't right. you find out about it? And he's like, what? There was a public hearing. And they're like, yeah, we placed a notice in the basement of the, uh, you know, of the city council building. Well, so I didn't read it. So he decides to lay down in front <laughs> of the bulldozer. It sounds
2: kind of familiar. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean,
1: go read the front end of The Checker's Guide to the Galaxy or watch the old BBC show. It's really good. But both of them absolutely involve eminent domain. So before you get to that point, a lot of work has been done whether or not you personally paid attention to it. It's just not, you know, it's the operations of government. It's not interesting or sexy or something you're going to pay attention to unless you have to. So then once you get to that point where... You know, before the bulldozers show up, the right of way agent. You know, our industry will have shown up and said, "Hey, we'd like to buy this from you. You know, here's our offer." Now, to generate the offer, a bunch of other people have been involved because, you know, the engineers and surveyors determine what's needed, how much, where, and then once you have those descriptions, the appraiser comes in, figures out how much can be offered by the government, what the bona fide offer is going to be generally, and then that is handled by the right-of-way agent and or the relocation agent, which sometimes is the same person or sometimes uh, different people to try to explain your benefits to you. And then if it breaks down or doesn't work out correctly, the government's attorneys, which is sometimes us, would step in Mm -hmm. in order to litigate the eminent domain case. And other attorneys would step in to represent uh, the landowner in the eminent domain case or interfere unnecessarily in their relocation claim.
2: By the way... We do have a blog post about attorneys in the relocation process. I have
0: a couple of them.
2: We do, and you can find that at rightofway.law, as well as several interesting articles about condemnation and relocation and all things eminent domain.
0: And do attorneys belong in the relocation process?
2: My opinion, no, they do not.
0: Yeah, keep our dirty nose out of it. Yeah, I think the Virginia Supreme Court might agree with you.
2: For more information on that, check out our blog, rightofway.law.
1: This is where we need a rim shot sound effect.
0: Oh. We don't have
2: one. Can we, maybe, oh, oh is it funny? It's funny? It's funny you to you. Relocation Am think funny? funny? Am I
1: funny like a clown?
2: I was expecting, like, was cheering
1: and. Fat.
2: This is leading up to something. I don't know what. And.
1: Nothing. You got that nothing. Was, That's what that is. That
2: drum roll was too long and very anticlimactic. Where were we? Ross?
1: Well, that was supposed to be a transition from my bit.
2: Oh, well, in that case, let's do transition. And you know what? I, How about I talk now? I'll say words. So, uh, you know, Ross, you talked about that, uh, how many people are involved in the timeline. I very often, as a relocation agent, when I go to talk to somebody... And I say, hey, I'm here because of this project. They you go, well, hold on,
0: let's let's back up. Let's put back up. Okay. Unless you're part of the hidden industry, the right of way mm-hmm. industry, chances are you don't know what a relocation agent is.
2: No, this is true, and I'm getting there. Okay. Oh,
0: did I get the cart in front of the horse? You
2: put the cart in front of the horse. You sure did. Okay. So get the horse back out. Front. Okay. Let me Sorry. get the horse back out front. So I go talk to somebody, and I say, hey, I'm here, and I'm I'm going to help you um, with your relocation benefits. Which, what is that, of course, and. A lot check of times, out episode one for further explanation. Check out explanation. episode one. A lot of times the reaction is, well, you know what? I've been hearing about this project for 12 years. It ain't never going to happen. And my response to that is if I'm here, it's happening. And, you know, there's been a lot of things happening in the past 12 years or however long it's been. But it's hard for people to understand that when I come knock on the door or when they get an initial offer or letter or they've got an appraiser on their property or a surveyor, they're like, well, no, they've been talking about this forever. It's not really going to happen. And then when it does, it's like they're shell-shocked. And what a, what a tough place to be to be living in your house or running your business, knowing that like this is coming at some point, they said it was gonna be four years, it's been eight years. Should I add on to this house or not? I mean, that's a hard place to be. So I, I, get, I get the frustration with that, but relocation is one of many, many, many different aspects of the right of way industry. I mean, we, Ross touched on survey and engineering, there's appraisers, there's people that their job is to come out and do the, the negotiations on the acquisition. There's people who do the title work there's people involved in the law such as my two good buddies here and there there's relocation and those are all very very specific aspects and these are these are very specialized trades and when you think about my my specialty which is relocation there are there's entire volumes of american law and state law and statutes over relocation and that's just one tiny tiny little aspect and that's all i do that's what i do i specialize in relocation and i know the laws and i know the rules and There's a need, there's a big need for relocation agents who know what they're doing. There's not that many of us because it's so specialized. Um, And just just to give you kind of a little brief idea of what relocation is, Dave, if I come to you and I make an offer to purchase your land and you happen to live there, you're gonna get money for your acquisition when we purchase that, but you're also gonna have some benefits available under relocation. If you're a resident, you may be eligible for a housing supplement. You may be eligible for moving expenses. If you are a business, you may be eligible for moving expenses, reestablishment costs, site searching expenses, and other related expenses. And it's there's really specific rules on all of those things. But
0: in this context, relocation means exactly what it sounds like. Relocating a person or a business from location A to location B. In other words, from location A, where the road is going through to location B, which is in a cornfield or something and no road.
2: Okay, sort of, yes. But when I say that I specialize in relocation, someone who doesn't know anything about the hidden, hidden industry, they assume that I drive a moving com- a moving truck for like you know all my three sons moving. That's what people think when I say I, sp- I specialize in relocation. And they're like, oh, okay, so like U-Haul and stuff? No, not U-Haul and stuff. Those people that I'm helping may very well use those companies. My job is not to move them. My job is not to move their stuff my my job is to help them facilitate the move to help them find a replacement site and then to make sure that they're getting all the dollars that are due to them for the expenses associated with the relocation
0: okay l- l- let's let's walk through this I, I like to call the industry a spectrum a okay? spectrum okay. A spectrum because there's so many different specialties that enter the scene and then exit so you start with as ross said public planners Right, Right. politicians and public planners, and we'll just use a road for for uh, an example here, and it goes through that. And each of these things is going to be something you see before you see the first bulldozer or the first chainsaw. Right, way
2: before you're going to see a years before,
0: years before. So you've got public planners, you've got politicians, and then somebody's got to survey the area, right? Right, and that's somebody in the right of way industry, a surveyor. And then you might have an environmentalist because what if you're going to try to put a road through wetlands? True, true. So you could have a wetlands delineator. Or what if the road is going to impact a historic structure? You've got to do a report on that. What if it's going to go through an environmental site? All right, so we've got our surveyors. And then we have to find out who owns the property. So somebody's got to go search the title.
2: And, and each of these people are different people. These are right. different people each individual different people with very specialized skills
0: so somebody somebody surveys uh, excuse me uh, searches the title and it usually comes back in a form of a title report sometimes signed by an attorney to certify who owns that property what their rights are and what type of uh, easements or whatever may be on the property and then you got to have an appraiser and there's all kinds of appraisers there's appraisers that work for banks or other entities but Typically, you want an appraiser who's familiar with condemnation and just compensation, right? Right. And your appraiser's not the same person as your title searcher. And right. the appraiser, what what's he or she do? Puts a value on the land.
2: They give their opinion of value. Yep.
0: Okay, so this piece of property is worth $100,000. Okay, we know we know that uh, John Doe owns the parcel. We're going to acquire it. The, our appraiser has told us that the title has said John Doe owns it. The appraiser has told us it's worth $100,000 then what happens
2: then what happens
0: and then? well a negotiator shows up
2: and well there may be a review appraiser and there may be a whole process for the approval to approve the appraised value and that's going to involve five or six more people possibly right yeah then you've got your negotiator who's going to make the who's going to initiate the negotiations there'll be an initial offer letter where we're now presenting to the landowner here's what we think your land is worth here's what the appraiser thinks your land is worth, here's your offer, and we start the negotiations. And with that, it's usually not just a negotiator. There's usually a negotiator and a project manager involved and some sort of an admin type person that's helping with all the paperwork. That's three people just on that one little step, possibly, right? Right. Then what happens?
0: Well, the the landowner says, yes, I'll sell it to you or no. And if he or she agrees to sell, then you gotta have somebody to close the transaction. It's a voluntary uh, real estate transaction. If the landowner has to move...
2: That's where I come in.
0: Then Ms. Bennett shows up.
2: I show up in my moving truck, toot, toot, ready to go.
0: <laughs> not <laughs> actually how that goes.
2: That's not at all how that goes, no.
0: All right. And then if the landowner says no, Ms. Bennett still shows up.
2: Still showing up. You, you
0: don't get to say no and stick around. You're moving. You're going to move. It's just a question of how you're getting, who's getting you off the property, right? And if you say no, then Mr. Green gets involved... Because your parcel, your land is going to be condemned.
2: Wah, wah, wah. Yes. Boo! It happens.
0: It does happen. There's no way we're around not,
2: it. We're not booing you, Ross. And we yeah, debated sure.
0: that. We debated that in the last episode whether eminent domain is good or evil, and we talked about some of the benefits of eminent domain, how it brings us our modern standard of living, but nobody likes an eminent domain lawyer, Ross.
2: That's, you, you know, that's what you do too, right?
0: Yes, but I don't tell anybody. Oops. Like my extended family, they don't know what, they just think I'm a lawyer. They're like, oh, so you're a lawyer. What kind of law do you practice? I'm like, I oh, don't know. I don't know. It's
2: probably for the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't really go to law school. I just played one on TV.
1: You can but, read. I find that suspicious.
0: Is he talking <laughs> about me?
2: I think he might be.
0: So, uh, what I was really, let me get down to the point of this whole episode is, last night, preparing for this, I I spent an hour, hour and a half, preparing for the episode, and I was mulling over one question, and it it was this. Vince Vaughn, is he really a good actor, or is he a one-trick wonder?
2: Oh, he's a one-trick pony.
0: Is he? But it's a really,
2: really good trick, and it's, like, I'm not tired of it yet, but he's definitely a one-trick pony. Now... If you saw season two of True Detective, which season one was so good, season two was weird as hell. And I couldn't, I kept thinking, like, this can't be the same show. The cast was phenomenal and it was just so weird. But I watched it all the way to the end because I was like, at some point, it's going to get good. And there's this weird scene with him walking through the desert trying to be a serious actor. And it's like, Vince, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is not you, man. You need to be like, you're so money, baby, and you don't even know it. Or you need to be like, He is in the breakup, like earmuffs, earmuffs. Yeah. Like old school, the breakup swingers, like that's Vince Vaughn. And it's a great trick. It's a, it's, it's a little bit formulaic. It's a little bit predictable, but it's funny. And you know what? I would like to hang out with Vince Vaughn because I think he's really, really funny, but I also don't think he's a great actor. I think that's just who he is and that's fine. It's entertaining. And I will pay to watch Vince Vaughn be funny and entertaining.
0: Well, you've just described Will Ferrell to a T is I don't even consider Will Ferrell an actor. And I think he actually tried to be serious in one movie, and nobody watched it. Well, yeah, hot I,
1: take. Elf is a terrible movie.
2: What? Okay. What? Listen.
0: You can't say that I, on the air. I, Elf is a terrible movie. I'm going to keep saying it. Is it is not a terrible Let movie. Let Confession movie
2: time. Confession time. I saw Elf for the first time in the year of our Lord, 2019 because Communist. people talked about it all the time and I felt a little left out because people would quote things and I'd be like, ha, ah, what's that from? I, I don't know what that's from. And so I feel like I got shamed into watching Elf and I watched it a little bit begrudgingly, but I watched it with my children and if we watched it once in 2019, we probably watched it 10 times. So now so, you can quote the yeah. whole movie. Well, I'm not quite there yet, but it's really funny and the first time I tried to watch it, I was like, eh, but I like it now.
0: Do you have a friend? Do you have a best friend? Does he have a big coat too? <laughs>
2: Make, make. what is it? Laughing's my favorite.
0: <laughs> Smiling, smiling's my favorite. Smiling,
2: smiling's my, make work your favorite. What is
0: this place? It's the North Pole. No, it's not, okay, yes, so it what what not? yes it is. What kind of infectious
1: mind plague does this movie constitute?
2: I like don't Those know. lines
1: aren't even funny. Y'all are laughing at each other saying them and they're just non sequiturs. They're
2: sort of funny, they're no, sort they're of not. funny.
1: Find the original master of this thing and burn it in acid.
2: Wow, What is wrong is with harsh. you? That was a little what harsh. What happened
0: to you in your childhood?
2: He didn't watch you, Elf.
0: Yeah, Our you Mag- should have watched Elf.
2: Okay, so hold on. So uh, we got on to Will Ferrell a little bit. I would like to hear your opinion of Vince Von Ross.
1: I will note the phrase is one trick pony or one hit wonder, not one trick wonder.
2: Was that what Was yeah. that what you said? You
1: said one trick wonder, and I'm like,
2: one trick. Oh, I gotcha. So he's a just one hit wonder, all the one trick I was pon- all He the bases. was combining them. Yeah. I see. we were trying to be efficient.
0: So I'm one- like, I'm like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. I never yeah. really get the phrase right. He's not a one hit wonder, but
1: he is a one trick pony, I guess.
2: But it's a good trick, right? It's all right. Do you I mean, like Vince Vaughn?
1: He's. I mean, you know, I can take him or leave him. It's like tzatziki sauce. What? <laughs> it's like an extra <laughs> condiment you don't really need, but it's okay. Tzatziki sauce is really good. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't have to have it all the time. It's not we ketchup. You can eat your falafel it's, without it's it. It's not ketchup. Do you need ketchup? I mean, you use ketchup a lot more than you use tzatziki sauce. Speak for yourself. Oh, really? Well, I don't really like ketchup that much. How much tzatziki sauce you got in your fridge? Z- zero. You got a can of ketchup, don't you?
2: Yeah, but I have kids, uh, too. Pr- yeah, I have I- kids. Point uh, <laughs> me. Game,
1: set, match.
2: <laughs> you know what? If you need that victory, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. That's fine. I don't particularly, I don't consume a lot of ketchup. So Vince Vaughn is tzatziki sauce. Mm -hmm. Will Ferrell is ketchup.
1: No, no. Will Will Ferrell is like, I don't even know what. He's really funny.
2: Do you not think Will Ferrell's
1: funny? Like, he he exhausted the extent of his comedic talents basically like a decade ago. That might be true.
2: That might, that, you know what? I was going to argue with you on that, but like maybe... Like what's the last really funny Will Ferrell movie?
1: The last funny thing I saw him say was when he was talking about his plums on Eastbound and Down.
2: Oh my gosh, Eastbound and Down. Okay, uh, his the last movie that I like remember being like, oh my god, he's so funny. Is old school, and that I still think of that as a fairly new movie. It's like been that. out forever. That's like
0: early two thousand three, two thousand three oh. is old school.
2: Okay, so like almost. Oh gosh, no.
0: But that's like an like early 17 career years movie ago.
1: for him. That's no yes. Yeah,
2: so what like but what's after that? I really Anchorman. Okay. Anchorman,
1: which That was really good. As a movie, it's god awful. It's, it's a... so
2: bad, but it's so like it's very quotable.
1: Right. That's what it's got going for Steve it.
2: Steve Carell in that is pretty great. Yeah, he is.
0: I mean Okay, Daddy's home. Okay. That was more that, recent. That yeah, was in that was, that was, was, was in the two thousand teens, right?
2: The two thousand teens. Yeah, yeah. And that was that with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah
0: but Wahlberg carries that thing, man. Oh, what about the other guys? You like the other guys. Yeah, Ross, the got me co- But that again,
1: movie. his co-stars carry the whole thing. Like, he's just a, a schlep in the whole, like, God. And Daddy's Home is so cringeworthy. Like, you just want to, like, leave the building. Yeah. I mean, there's a few it's funny. It's one of those
2: that's, like, funny but uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: it's deeply uncomfortable. You're not choosing to watch that. That's something you get stuck <laughs> watching on the bike at the gym, and you're like, oh, God, all right, I can bear it. It's not like it's that bad, but.
0: Well, there's really no debate. Will Ferrell's best movie of all times, uh, there's only one answer to that. It's, and it's it's not um, old school. It's, in fact, Step Brothers.
2: See, okay. You know what? Another movie that I was late to the party on. Oh, God. Really funny, though. It's really funny. And John C. Riley is so underrated.
1: I was going to say, John C. Riley's is the one carrying the freight in that movie.
2: But he can do anything. He was like in, was he in Magnolia? I mean, he can do anything. He's funny. He's a
0: classically trained actor.
2: I know, and he can do it all. Unlike Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn, who do their thing, and there's not a lot of...
0: So, so, listeners, you're wondering, what does this have to do with the hidden industry? And I'll tell you what, does that make a relocation agent a one-trick wonder or a one-hit pony?
2: (laughs) Uh, Maybe, maybe, but it's a really good trick.
0: It's kind of you're kind of like the Vince Vaughn of the right. I'm the Vince industry.
2: Vaughn of the right way industry. I do what I do, and not that many people can do it. You know, if you went and you were gonna you were gonna start a movie career and be like, I'm gonna be like Vince Vaughn.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not
2: that many people that can do it.
0: Well, and I'm gonna have to say that attorneys in the hidden industry, they're more like Tom Hanks, both serious and funny. Tom Hanks. We're not one trick ponies because because lawyers don't just practice the law. We also can search the title. We can negotiate, right? We can tell an appraiser where he or she is wrong in the appraisal. We can try the case. And guess what? What is relocation? It is law.
2: Boom. Are you trying to say you're the boss of me?
0: Uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that about you.
2: Okay. So, upload this episode immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So yes, I understand what you're saying, and you know what, there are people. I'm going to be really clear. There are people that do what I do that also negotiate, that also do other portions that do title oh, yeah. work, that you work in eminent domain, it, in in, in, in eminent in, in, in eminent, in eminent domain, eminent domain. Yeah, and condemnation support. Of course, yeah. I just happen to have built my career specializing in relocation, but it is very specialized, just like all of those other categories. And you know what, there. To to be a negotiator, you're involved in the real estate industry, but that doesn't mean that if you're a realtor, you're automatically cut out to be a negotiator in the right in, in the right of way industry. You could be an appraiser and you could have a long, lovely career appraising properties. Um, that doesn't mean that you're qualified to be an appraiser in the right of way industry.
0: That's right? true. You That's could be true. a
2: surveyor, an engineer,
0: an a, attorney. A lawyer?
2: Hello. You
0: don't dabble in eminent domain. You
2: don't dabble in eminent no, domain. Sir. So if you are if you are bad. An, bad if you're an eminent domain appraiser negotiator title specialist surveyor engineer attorney you're it's specialized you're not just in the engineering industry and so now you're a right-of-way engineer it's very very specialized with the exception of relocation i don't think that there's a relocation is specific it really is right of way
0: yeah yeah it really is but but what's always just mind-boggling to me is is
2: i believe it's mind bottling
0: <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. Yes. What's my domain? Intimate domain.
2: Intimate domain. Intimate domain. Intimate domain, yes.
0: It's also reverse condemnation.
2: Reverse, yes. Uh,
0: you, you know, actually, it's not any of these things. Don't listen to these people. What I was going to say was like, how many people when you were, um, and we're going to get into this in another episode, but when you were in college, who said, hey, I want to be in the right of way industry? Did you even know what it was?
2: No, and you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more later but my brother got me into this industry and when he told me he was a right-of-way agent i thought he said right away right away like i'll get like to the, it right away and i was like cool what's that's yeah. weird what's that mean is that like logistics or right right away
0: well and you know we used a road project as the example but that's not the only that's not the only example if you if you're stringing a power line across say 60 miles Right. And the power line might go over somebody's property, but you can't just put a power line up over somebody's property. No. You have to have what's called an easement. Yes. You have to have what's called stealing. No. Rhyming bad. and stealing.
2: Rhyming and stealing. We're not stealing.
0: Right. So, so the point is the right-of-way industry also is involved if you're stringing up a power line, right?
2: Right. Well, and where I live in Texas, and especially if you go to my... Birthplace in the place of my child rearing, West Texas, there's a lot of wind power out there. You can't drive from the Metroplex, which is Dallas Fort Worth, to Lubbock, Texas without seeing about a gazillion wind turbines out there. We don't just go plop a wind turbine down on somebody's farm, right? Right.
0: You have a lot of pipelines in Texas too, don't
2: sure you? Sure do. We got a lot of pipelines.
0: And that involves the right of way industry. We were going to have a pipeline that went from West Virginia. all through the commonwealth of virginia down into north carolina called the atlantic coast pipeline Mm -hmm. but that's no more the right-of-way industry was involved in that for years and years and years and then dominion energy just said well change our mind we're selling it all to warren buffett
1: great job landowner attorneys glad you don't like you know reliable energy sources and development in america like big thumbs up there
2: big thumbs up
0: there good job stopping progress in its tracks thanks (laughs) well to be fair that pipeline was not going to go through my backyard so another nimby example
2: not in my backyard
0: not in mine
2: Uh, you know not up in here and what i mean we we just touched on a couple of things there's airports yeah bike trails
0: you know what that's a really interesting one everyone loves the bike trails yeah oh yeah do bike trails so we can stroll around on sunday and that's a great idea it's, it's safe, it's fun, it's good for your health. But you can't just put a bike trail anywhere you want to. It goes through somebody else's property.
2: Right. They should really put a bike trail right here. Yeah, yeah they should. They put a should. skateboard
0: park here, man. Right. There's an old abandoned warehouse. We should put a skateboard in here.
2: Yeah, a skateboard and a skateboard park.
0: <laughs> just call me Ricky.
2: What about at airports? Do we talk about airports? Yeah. Mass transit?
0: So, well, let's talk a little bit about airports. Even if the runway doesn't go on your land, the approach pattern may go over your land, right? Right. sometimes there are avigation easements involved. Avigation. Which involves the um, right-of-way industry. Sure. What Uh, else? Schools. Yeah. If they can't find a a piece of property that's for sale.
2: Sewer. Water.
0: We all like water.
2: Yeah, I've done projects for you know electric substations, cable, rail.
0: You know what this makes me think of? This makes me wonder, like, who actually eats a Three Musketeers?
2: Uh, this this conversation made you think that?
0: No, I'm gonna get I'm gonna tie it together in a minute. But like, do you know anybody that says, "Ooh, I'm gonna get me a Three Musketeers from the Seven Eleven store"?
1: Yeah, then you throw it in the
0: pool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from. <laughs>
2: Aside from that, <laughs> yeah, why would you but get a like, Three
0: Musketeers? Why not a Milky Way or a Snickers? Hold
2: on, hold on, hold on. A Snickers, like everybody likes a Snickers unless you're allergic to peanuts or something. Because like, right, it right. satisfies you. Snickers really satisfies you, yes. Right. But I agree with that. We
1: haven't been paid any money by Snickers, but we're amenable to that if you want to.
2: Right, Exact. Yes, please call us Snickers. So, Three Musketeers, what is it? Nougat? What is it's it? That, in three it's Musketeers. It's fluffy stuff. In is that some called chocolate? Nougat?
0: I don't know what it is. It makes no sense to me. It make, like I would get a Three Musketeers for from somebody in my trick-or-treat basket, and I'd be like, you ripped me off. I'd rather you've given me a damn apple.
2: Give me a toothbrush, Yeah, you jerks. You know what? It's like Three Musketeers is like the weird one layer in a Snickers that's not the best part. Yes, that's, like filler, that's exactly what it is. But it's the it whole is. candy bar of the filler from the Snickers. Right. And it has a very... I don't know why, because I can't recall ever eating one, but I'm sure I did because I can remember what it tastes like, and it has a weird texture. I think that's called nougat, which anything called nougat is stupid. It
1: is called nougat. I got knocked out of the spelling bee, like one of the final rounds of the spelling bee as a child, because the person reading it kept saying nugget.
2: And you're like, uh, nugget, I know, chicken nugget.
1: Let's nugget. Okay, I can spell nugget, like, and no matter how many times, they just kept saying nugget. It's just... And it's
2: nougat. You said, can can you use that in a sentence? And they said chicken nugget. They did, not,
1: they did not say... Sh- they I,
2: said, Three Musketeers are gross because they're made out of nugget.
1: <laughs> if
0: they had said whatever it was. Like... <laughs> and there went Ross's microphone.
2: Oh dear, are we having technical difficulties in Virginia?
0: The, yes, we the, are. The Sorry. Fell off. Oh dear. And he lost his pop filter. Do you know what that is? So my point, though, is that you've got a Three Musketeers and there's nothing going on inside of it except this nougat. Nougat. There's nothing going on. The right of way industry is, in fact, your Snickers bar. It's got some chocolate. It's got some caramel, some nougat, and it's got it's got chocolate, peanuts. caramel, peanuts. That's the other thing I was thinking of, and that's why it satisfies. That's why you can have the Snickers. It's got
2: protein in
0: it. Yeah, in place of a meal, it's, it's probably ke- got it's vegetables. It's keto friendly. It is keto friendly. It has nuts in it, and I think it's it's got spinach in it.
2: Uh, probably.
0: Yeah, it's totally it's totally fine. So we so we we are the Snickers. Uh, the right of way industry is the Snickers, not the Three Musketeers.
2: Nobody, nobody likes those. And when you see them in a convenience store, I always kind of think, how long have those been sitting there? Like since the eighties, maybe.
0: Maybe the seventies. Do they still make them?
1: They shouldn't. It's bad because you can tell it's bad when it turns white. Oh, yuck! Yeah, so, and why? Do you wait, remember like chocolate turns white when it's bad too?
2: I think it does, especially milk chocolate, yeah. which is the wrong chocolate to eat.
0: Dark chocolate's the right
1: chocolate?
2: That's correct.
0: Okay, right-of-way industry, the hidden industry. That was fun, right? That was fun. And we're going to talk about some things in the future, so hang out for Episode 3 next time. The Pendulum Podcast is brought to you by Pendulum Land Services, LLC, a full-service right-of-way acquisition company dedicated to the integrity of -of right-of-way industry. Visit them at PendulumLand.com or on Twitter at at @pendulumland. The broadcast was produced by Right-of-Way Consults, LLC. You can reach out to us on Twitter at ReloKristen, R-E-L-O-Kristen, at Right-of-Way Ross or Right-of-Way Dave. See ya!
2: Upload that, baby!